0: Welcome, all of you from different countries. I don't know how many countries we have represented in this meeting right now, but I know that there are a few who are joining us for the first time. And we thank the Lord for this opportunity to spread the word and to be able to bless one another, even as we are separated. But we are bound together by one Spirit, the Spirit of God in our lives, the Holy Spirit. We are, as the New Testament first Christians, they were sheltered in place. We don't know whether they went home or they were in this room for all those days together, but they were praying together. They became the foundation of the church. Amazing. I had never thought of that in that context before. Even when we started this shelter at home, never came to my mind until this week. I realized that is the beginning. And we are experiencing the same thing. And may the Holy Spirit come down to us in these days. He's already been given the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity. And He is here with us, in us, and through us, empowering and teaching us, leading us and lead us to the Father and to praise and adoration of the living God. And so this morning, this prayer time has great significance for us. Can you imagine what it was like for the early Christians to be waiting in prayer together? And I don't know that they were singing I don't think it says anything about singing, but they were together and praying and waiting on the Lord. We are thankful to the Lord for this opportunity, for us to actually bring the worship service into our homes where we're living, where we're sheltered at home. What an incredible privilege that is for us to reenact the early church and what they must have been going through in terms of the government and those who would seek to harm them, but they found in their coming together encouragement, obedience to Jesus' command to wait and wait and wait. So can you identify? We're sitting here in our homes waiting for the freedom to be able to come out. But perhaps just imagine if after coming out of this we are bolder than we've ever been as believers. We are stronger than if we had been meeting here freely because of our Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. And with the Father's blessing And the Spirit's infilling. Let us be true students who are true disciples. May that be our prayer these days. Turn our hearts quickly to prayer to the Father in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we, we thank you for this time of holding one another up, encouraging one another, We thank you that you have proven over the centuries now your ability to empower your church by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Spirit of God, for your witness, for your testimony, for your empowering that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. Thank you for this ministry through the church. We thank you for the many who are gathered here this morning, we just bring our prayers together and offer them to you as a sacrifice of praise. Those things that normally we would not be thankful for. But we thank you that when we are in distress, you are able to meet us where we are. And we ask you to pour your spirit out now upon every one of us that we will know and understand that you hear and you answer and you empower your church. We are your people and we wait on you and we acknowledge you in your greatness and power. We worship you for the fact that over these centuries and even in our lifetime, you have revealed day after day after day Great is your faithfulness. O God, our Father. There is no turning or changing with you. You remain steadfast, faithful, generous, powerful, able to save. And so the requests of the hurt of our hearts we raise to you right now whether it's for parents who are aging and suffering, whether it's for children who are wayward and rebellious, whether it's for needs that we don't know how they will be met even today. Lord, these things are not impossible for you. And so we trust you. We believe you. And we pray that this meeting, this time together would result in us being strengthened and encouraged and brought to a place of faith and moving away from doubt and fear and worry. By the Holy Spirit, our teacher, our alongside one, comfort your people, encourage strengthen, empower, and keep us. And may the world know, may the world know that Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, is reigning on the throne, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. May this be our theme these days. Thank you for hearing our prayers this morning. We worship you and we praise you and we give thanks to you for the victorious name of Yeshua, our Messiah, our long-awaited Deliverer. Deliver us these days and may your name be glorified above all. And in that precious, precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Pentecost Sunday. This morning we are celebrating what is called Pentecost Sunday, but it was known as Pentecost. It is celebrated as the Feast of Weeks in the Old Testament to celebrate the winter wheat harvest, the first fruits of the year. And you know, here in Japan, the other day Katie and I were driving by a field of wheat standing with long heads, ready to be harvested. And I pointed out to Katie, she said, "Uh, what is that? And I said, that's winter wheat, Pentecost, the time of the first fruits, the Feast of Weeks. It is the last 50 days after Passover. So it is called Pentecost, meaning in Greek 50th or seven weeks after Passover. It is the most significant day of the church along with Resurrection Sunday, the day Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the Father. Now you might ask, what do you mean by it's the most significant day? We hardly even know what Pentecost Sunday is. But for us In the church in this era, it is our most significant start of the church of Jesus Christ worldwide and throughout these generations. Before that, there was no church, or what we call church. It was either Judaism or paganism, and the followers of Jesus Christ came after that at the day of of Pentecost. Up to that point they were the followers of Jesus. Now they become the church and we who identify with Pentecost and with the coming of the Holy Spirit understand that was the birth of the church. Pentecost was the day of the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about after his death and his resurrection. It was really the beginning and birth of the church that remains today. We're going to be looking at Psalm 100. I hope you can see this, Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. In this Psalm 100 is very significant in terms of the day of Pentecost, even though the significance of what we know, looking back now, of what the disciples experienced after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of the Pentecost, the first fruits, Jesus Christ raised from the dead and risen and returned to heaven. That was completed. The Old Testament, Was accomplished. The New Testament then begins. And this for us is a day of rejoicing and understanding that we don't look just to the temple and to the Old Testament, but we have been forging ahead now with a new dispensation, a new time, a new era in God with His people. And so that we all, whether Jew or Greek or American or Japanese, European, New Zealander, Australian, wherever we are, and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, we are part of that era. And this is our birthday as the church that we celebrate. And may this psalm become real to us. It has been sung and read and spoken almost as much as Psalm 23, but in a larger context in the church. This is called the Old 100th, 100th Psalm. That the early church, even up to now, in liturgical churches, say this, I believe, almost every Sunday, Psalm 100. It's famous, but we in the more evangelical or looser (laughs) denominations really don't understand this psalm. But this was the psalm that the early church hung on to, knowing that this was a prophecy concerning the centrality of God's work among his people, and our response is like that of David, of others that I'm going to mention this morning. And we want to follow through this psalm in understanding what happened when the church was born. This happened. Let's go through this psalm. It's a short psalm, but it is very significant. There are seven commands here in this psalm. And let's point them out one by one as we go through. The first one is, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. That is not just for us. That means for all the earth. And that is what God intended to do through ancient Israel is to bring his salvation message to the whole earth through his people. Israel. But in the process he realized and understood and planned that the Holy Spirit have his part in the church and the birth of the church. We're not above Israel, nor are they above us, but we are the outcome. We are the result of God's eternal plan of salvation to those who would believe. 2 Samuel 6, 15 talks about David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and sound of a trumpet. This was a time of victory, not in a conquering an enemy, but a victory of bringing the ark up to Jerusalem. And they were shouting and dancing their way as they were bringing up the ark that had been taken and held in a household that were caring for it for some time. And now David said it belongs with his people. And so David was a little out of the ordinary, I would say. If you want to read the story, it's a fascinating story of him dancing just before the Lord, and but his wife, the daughter of Saul, saw him, and was disgraced. She was sad. She did not understand what he was making such a big deal out of this. David loved the Lord, and he loved the presence of the Lord, and he knew what it meant, and so he brought the ark up to Jerusalem. Psalm 95 one says, O oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us Shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation." Another famous song. That is where we are as a people. That we are standing in a place of victory and renewal and of joy and of entering into full salvation. And for we who are in the church understand this more than even, I believe, David himself. That the Spirit of God has come to dwell in us. Not just in one ark, one box, but in our hearts spread out throughout his church. I believe that David had an inkling of this, but he didn't have all the details. And now as we look back, we look back with joy that we got included in this, powerful work of God. Praise his name. Second command, serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. You know, sometimes in the church, when we use the word serve, maybe some of us get tired. Oh, it's our turn to uh, clean the church this weekend. Uh, No, I'm sure there's none of you that feel that way well you know what we haven't had a cleaning crew in here for weeks and it looks pristine but here we are encouraged by this psalm serve the lord with gladness serve the lord with gladness that's what he is doing in our hearts and our lives and that is what pentecost did for the church They told of the wonderful things that God was doing, what they heard. That's what speaking in tongues was about. It was speaking in all these languages of those people that were gathered in Jerusalem for the great feast. And the crowds were amazed. How do these Galilean disciples, how do they know these languages? Well, by the Holy Spirit. And it was for the purpose of praising God, serving the Lord with gladness. Psalm 37, 3 to 5, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and He will do it. We don't serve out of an obligation. We serve because we're glad and happy and pleased to do it to our Savior who gave so much for us. Third command, come. Come before Him with joyful singing. Trust that's what we were able to do in our homes this morning joyful singing. It wasn't the same as all being together. Well, I know that we can hardly wait until these doors are open and this room is filled again. But I trust that you understood and that the Holy Spirit really ministered to you as we listened to the music and, and sung in our homes. John seven thirty-seven. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. What a thing for this Galilean to say, but it was true. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. How ostentatious, how, how he could say that. Because he knew that the Lord God, Father, had sent him to earth for the very purpose of satisfying the thirst and the hunger of every heart. If anyone, anyone, doesn't matter the color of your skin, the sound of your language, or where you're born, or where you live. If anyone, let him come to me and drink matthew eleven twenty eight thirty come to me, all you who are weary and heavy-laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light because of the double yoke that Jesus bears. Like the ox yoke, Jesus has the heavier side. He's the stronger one. And we individually are yoked to him. The young calf, the young oxen, still not knowing all the movements and and all the ways in which to pull and work together. That's us. We're learning from Jesus how to do church, we're learning to be his people, humble, teachable, responsive, and desiring to please the Lord God. Our purpose is his purpose. His purpose, Jesus purpose, is to honor the Father. Fourthly, know is the command Know that the Lord himself is God. Oh, this is so important for our generation. So important for us to be able to really, truly understand and know who the Father is. And Philip said to Jesus, Show us the Father. But Jesus had already been talking about the Father. But in his patience and in his GENTLENESS, YOU'VE SEEN THE FATHER, YOU KNOW HIM. PSALM 103, IT IS HE WHO HAS MADE US AND NOT WE OURSELVES. WE ARE HIS PEOPLE AND THE SHEEP OF HIS PASTURE. HE'S OUR MAKER, HE'S OUR GOD. THAT IS WHO WE WORSHIP. THAT'S WHO WE KNOW. THAT IS THE STATEMENT. That is part of our declaration. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Bless you as you meditate on that this morning. And know what that means to know the Lord. John fourteen twenty six, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And here we have the very purpose of the Holy Spirit giving at Pentecost to the church, to empower the church. Without Jesus being alongside, the church would not have made it. Without Jesus sending his Holy Spirit, we would not make it as Christians. It is impossible, it's impossible for us to live the Christian life. You're saying that and you're a pastor, but you're encouraging people to be a Christian? Yes, we want to let every Christian know without the Holy Spirit, we are just going through form. Without the Holy Spirit, As our helper, we don't even know how to come to the Father. But He'll teach us all things and bring to our remembrance the promises of Jesus, the intentions and the purpose of Jesus coming to earth. We thank the Lord for sending us the Spirit, His Spirit. Number five, command. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Now this is not a command in the sense of you better do it or you are in trouble. This is really a pointing to the source of where and how, where we get our power and what we do in order to be effective in the world today. It's by first looking to Him, to setting our eyes on Him, not on the work, on Him with thanksgiving and in His courts with praise. It has to be from that attitude or from that spirit of thanksgiving and praise. Our work in the church can never, never, fall to the low level of an obligation. No, it comes by invitation and is an opportunity for us to give thanks, to praise the Lord, to understand that this is not for reward. This is for worship. This is what we do to worship our Lord. We're serving him. Psalm 119, 103. The entrance of your words, give light. It gives understanding to the simple. What I have just said is to us, the simple. Ah, coming before the Lord and giving our gifts of service and love and witness. I understand. The entrance of your words, give light and glory, it gives understanding to us who are simple. We don't want anyone at MCC to feel obligated that you've got to come and work at the church. No, no, no. It comes out of our hearts. Understanding he has given so much to us We want to be a witness and a testimony to Him in what His message is to the world. But there is reward. Nehemiah 8.10 says, This is Nehemiah, Then he said to them, Go, eat the fat, drink of the sweet, send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay, there's a little bit of context behind this verse. Nehemiah had taken a group of people from Babylon to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. And they rebuilt the walls in 50 days. But it caused them, in hearing the word of the Lord, it caused them to grieve of their history and their defeat by the enemy. And where they were as an ignominious, as a despised people and Nehemiah says to them don't weep don't weep this is a time of rejoicing and giving this is holy to our God for the joy of the Lord is your strength the joy of the Lord is my strength pleasing him is that a selfish thing? Well, it, yeah, it could be interpreted as somewhat selfish. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if I take joy in the Lord, I'll be stronger? No. The joy of the Lord is your strength because he empowers you to do it with a vigor and an understanding of the objective of the church. Just as the people of Israel. Were to be an example to the nations around them. So we as early Christians or as Christians in our era need to realize that serving the Lord and serving the people around us, that is making the heart of every one of us love the Lord Jesus Christ more than we ever have. Just think watching your young children growing up to loving Jesus. And following him. Katie and I were talking about that this week. What a joy it is. And what a joy it is to Katie and I as we pastor here of watching the church grow. And watching the young people coming up through the ranks. And understanding that they need to bring their friends. And they need to be a witness of Jesus Christ in his salvation. That's empowering. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Then number six, give thanks to him. Give thanks to him. Give thanks to him. Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with Psalms. I wish we could read this in unison together but it would just be a hodgepodge. Well maybe it wouldn't be. You see it in front of your screen right? Let's say it together. Oh, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. That is where the Holy Spirit is really stirring up our hearts to love our Lord Jesus Christ and to serve him and to praise him. And finally, the last command. Bless his name. Bless his name. How do we bless the Lord how do we bless his name number one by worshiping him for his names maybe an exercise we could give you this suggestion as a family or as an individual in your sheltering in place go through the Bible or parts of the Bible this week and just look at those things in the Bible the talk of blessing the name of the Lord. And here's one right here. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and His faithfulness to all generations. Do you know that this is repeated over and over and over and over again in Scripture? Those particular attributes of the Father. The Lord is good. His loving kindness, His faithfulness, to all generations. Praise His name. That is what the Holy Spirit is drawing us to do on this Pentecost Sunday. To worship Him and praise Him. To acknowledge that He is the recipient of all praise in His name. And He receives it from us as we receive Daddy, I love you. Or Mommy, thank you for making us a nice supper tonight. What does that do to your heart? The Father is blessed. The Son is blessed. And the Holy Spirit within us is blessed to praise the name of the Lord. Pentecost. It is one of the foundations of the church and yet is probably the most misunderstood so i end this message with a set of verses that i think paul the apostle put forward for us to really evaluate and understand that this needed correction and understanding and putting it in the right context so that the church could be edified and blessed And I just want to share a little bit of a testimony. Katie and I, when we were just parents with with young children, some of them were just toddlers, but we were so hungry for the Word of God and to, to know the Lord more deeply. Both of us had incredible experience in coming to become Christians, yet we felt it was so much law and so much obligation to be able to enter in and really express to the Lord our love and our gratitude to Him. Something bound us. And it was during the time in western United States, particularly up the west coast, that people were really beginning to understand what it meant to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so we started talking with friends, and God was doing some amazing things in our home, and our neighborhood, and... We gathered together and we were understanding more and more of what God wanted to do. And there were many who were saying, well, it's it's in receiving the gift of tongues. And so we went to meetings where it just, it didn't cut through to our heart. What is all this about? And so we were, in fact, we would go to a meeting in a home of some friends. In fact, he was one of our instructors at the Bible college we graduated from. And this one evening, they said, Ron and Katie, we want to pray for you. So they put a couple of chairs in the middle of a circle and they gathered around, laid their hands on us and prayed. Well, I had heard people speaking in tongues and even as a young boy, and it kind of scared me. And I thought, this is crazy. But yet that evening, our hearts were so hungry. For something more than just the rote knowledge that we had of the word of God. And I can remember them putting their hands on our head and shoulders as we sat in the chairs there. And I clamped my mouth shut as best I could and was resisting. Because I'd seen so much that turned me off. I didn't know what it was like to really bless the Lord and worship him for he is good and his loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. So a couple of weeks went by after that experience. Nothing had happened and I was sitting having my devotions in the living room and I was still thinking back to that evening. And all of a sudden I had a sense when I accepted Jesus Christ as an 11-year-old boy, the Holy Spirit came in to my heart. And from that time, I knew that it was the Lord leading me all those years to where the point was Katie and I had decided we were going to go to the mission field. We were going to serve the Lord with our life. I knew that the Holy Spirit was given to me. And I didn't say anything to Katie, but in the next couple of weeks, we kind of were looking at each other. And I don't know whether we said something then finally and said, did something happen to you? (laughs) She says, did something happen to you? And I said, yes. She says, what was it? And I said, I'm loving God's Word like I never have before." And she said, that's the same experience I've had. And so then we started just really devouring the Word and enjoying the intent and purpose that the Word of God was given to us so that that we understood was the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives all those years. But we were doing it with great zeal and wonder. Let me just share Paul's exhortation to us in 1 Corinthians. Verse 1. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. That was us. But especially that you may prophesy or speak the word of the Lord. And then in verse 4. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And verse 5, greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues. We're not talking against tongues, but for us, the real evidence was this infilling of the Holy Spirit. When we knew, we knew we knew that what we had believed and what we had placed our feet on as a base, a foundation, was true. And that we could walk in that freedom to be able to take those commands of Psalm 100 and apply them to our lives so that they, they meant something. And what a joy it is even to this day to be among you And that's one of the longing of our hearts here in this room is that we could have you all here and worshiping and praising the Lord together and listening to his word, being edified and building one another up. That is what Pentecost is all about. That is what he's called us together. And he has not brought that to an end, not yet, until he takes the church from this earth. He is the Lord of the church, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we give thanks to the three in one. We give thanks for the body of Christ. We give thanks for the word of God. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that this is significant to all of us that love you and love your return. And we ask that in these days that you would draw close to us as we draw close to you. That we would be in a state of mind and spirit and heart to learn to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit given to us. May this day be significant for us who gather in this place. We bless our brothers and sisters as well in their congregation Bless them, anoint them, and open their hearts and minds to the significance of your work in our generation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.